Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter Wonderful Pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, L.A. Good afternoon, New York. It's me, Jason McIntyre, in for Colin Cowherd, taking a rare day off during the NFL season. But uh, you know what that means. Extra fun for myself, and I'm joined by Alex Curry, who is doing a victory lap today with Shohei Otani. Woo! Uh, now with the Dodgers, the team she grew up rooting for. Alex, you ready to... Fire some hot takes today. I'm so ready. I just got back from Cancun yesterday. I was down at the Closer to the Sun Festival for a week. So it was like, hit the ground running. Here we go. Yeah. All the best news came out this weekend. Yes. And uh, we got an awesome show. Uh, Draymond Green helps when he acts with his buffoonery. Uh, last night's antics. Wow. We'll talk about that. Bill Belichick, obviously, another report that he's toast. But, but we have to start with... Uh, Boy, this is a wacky one. Former, and that's a key word here, former NFL quarterback Cam Newton. He's only 34 years old, right? He's been out of the league for two years. Just remember that. Remember that. Cam Newton has a podcast now. And you you know the new model is every former player gets a podcast. It used to be that the former players went into TV, as you see a bunch of guys here on this network. Uh, they go into radio now. Everybody gets a podcast. It's like Oprah, she used to give away cars. Now every former player gets a podcast. Tom Brady, you got a podcast. Chad Johnson, you got one. And now Cam Newton has a podcast. And Cam Newton, of course, was a tremendous player. Every Anytime I kind of beat somebody up, I like to hit him with the positives first. You guys remember Cam Newton, right? I mean, what a tremendous talent he was at Auburn, uh, leading them to the national championship, wins the Heisman, number one pick, goes to Carolina. Listen, Cam Newton won an MVP. He went to the Super Bowl. He was an awesome quarterback. But now he's 34 years old and out of the league. He's watching a lot of older guys play quarterback, and I think he's a little bit salty. So what Cam Newton did this week was he went after some quarterbacks. He went after Jared Goff, Tua Tungavailoa, and then MVP favorites Brock Purdy and, wait for it, Dak Prescott. So what you're about to hear... A little shocking, but here's Cam Newton on his podcast taking some shots at those NFL quarterbacks. As game managers, 
Brock Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, <laughs> I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. Wow. Wow. I, first of all, I don't know why he's dressed like a conductor from Thomas the Train. Anybody with kids out there knows who I'm talking about. Uh, Cam, that's an interesting outfit. That being said, boy, game manager sure sounds very coded, does it not? I, I think Tom, Tom Brady was a game manager for the first, what, 10 years of his career until he got Randy Moss. Game manager sounds very code for unathletic. Uh, we know Cam Newton in his prime. Holy cow. He would run over defensive backs in that podcast, and I watched a, a lot of the clip. He goes on to, you know, Lamar Jackson. He, he's a game changer. Okay. Patrick Mahomes, he's a game changer. But those other guys he mentioned, you know, I'm not going to pick them all apart. Listen, if you want to be dumb and go after Brock Purdy, who undeniably is the MVP of the league this year, I mean, if you look at the stats, you wouldn't take a glance at any of the stats, Brock Purdy's your guy. You want to bag on Jared Goff, hey, go off, King. I don't care. You want to you bag on Tua. That's fine. I'm not a huge, huge Tua guy. Are you taking shots at Dak? Prescott this year, Cam? Folks, you know, you know, on the show sometimes with Colin, I will, I will kind of whisper stuff, pearls of wisdom about fantasy football. I'll maybe whisper some gambling bets that have done well this NFL season. Well, I'm going to whisper something to you right now. I don't want to alarm anyone. I'm going to say it in a whisper, but Cam Newton, you had a worse career than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has had a better NFL career than Cam Newton. And we got a great staff here at the Herd. They were able to pull up some stats. Let's just take a glance, shall we? Dak Prescott versus Cam Newton. And oh, by the way, Dak is going to be in the league for at least another six, seven years, health pending. Because he is going to age gracefully in this league. And he'll know how to hold a clipboard and be a backup as opposed to be a showstopper like Cam Newton was. And that's fine. But look at these numbers. Is that not shocking to you that Cam has had a better career or sorry, Dak has had a better career than Cam. Now, Cam won an MVP, obviously, went to a Super Bowl. But Dak Prescott, look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Folks, one of the producers in our meeting this morning said, boy, I, Cam Newton never had back-to-back -back winning seasons. I had to look that up. I was like, what? It's funny. We remember the peaks and the highs. And listen, Cam's 15-1 season was awesome. They dominated the league. Remember when Cam made the dab a thing? I, I, I go to ugly Christmas sweater parties all every year. And I got the Christmas sweater with, with the Santa dabbing because it was so cool. Like Cam had a radiant smile when he played. You know, he just, he had that gravitas, right? Big 6'5", 240-pound quarterback running over dudes. Fourth and one, the name of his podcast. He'll run you over on fourth and one. You know, before Jalen Hurts had the brotherly shove, Cam Newton just jumped over the pile. He had the Superman. Like, he was a star. But was he a great quarterback? I, I don't, his peak was outstanding. His peak was tremendous. But if you look at Dak Prescott's career, he's had a better career, more consistent than Cam Newton. And, you know, you're not really great until you're consistent. I've been as much of a Dak basher. I've had him fringe top 10 quarterback for a lot of his career. Listen, he's been tremendous this year. You can't knock him. And for Cam to go on a podcast and say, you know, Dak, you're a game manager. I just, it, it just feels a little disrespectful. And I think part of the reason is Cam's hurt. He's wounded that he sees guys like Tyrod Taylor 
still in the league, starting a game. We, we got a list of guys who are still starters at the age of 34. Uh, again, I know we're hitting you with a lot of shocking stuff here early in the show. Folks, Tyrod Taylor has started. Joe Flacco was raking leaves in his yard two months ago. And he, they called him up, and now he's starting for the Cleveland Browns and winning games. Aaron Rodgers obviously left with the Achilles. Brian Hoyer started a game. He's a fossil. Cam Newton cannot get a call from anybody. He's been out of the league for two years. And I will remind you, Cam Newton lost his starting job to, wait for it, Mac Jones, who has been, yes, benched this season. So I, I, you, don't wanna, you never want to start a show just destroying someone. But Cam, you have no argument. It's horrendous. It's embarrassing. And it's inaccurate, worst of all. All right, let's pivot to what happened last night in the NBA. Remember, the NBA is riding high, folks. Oh, my goodness. The NBA in-season tournament was so tremendous. The ratings for Lakers, Pacers in the final were off the charts. LeBron celebrating in the locker room. And here we are three days later, and we're talking about Draymond Green punching. And I'm going to call it a punch. I mean, you could call it an unhinged slap. You could call it like a Conor McGregor's whirling spin punch or whatever they do in UFC. Folks, I watched this last night multiple times, at least 15 times. And I have no idea what triggered Draymond Green so badly. Now, he, he apologized, and we'll get to that shortly. But watch Nurkic. Like, what did he do? What have these Eastern European centers done to anger Draymond Green? Remember, he stomped on Sabonis last year. He put Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's not really Easter. Uh, he put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold a couple weeks ago. Folks, Draymond Green's played 15 games this season. He has three ejections. I'll help you with the math. That ain't good. So Draymond Green, who doesn't usually apologize. Remember, I think he didn't talk for like eight or nine days after the Gobert chokehold. He isn't one to apologize. He realized the error in his weights. I mean, this is a closed-fisted punch. Not like he sucker-punched Jordan Poole, and I've got to emphasize sucker-punch. Listen, I know this is Cowherd's guy, and Cowherd probably will defend him somewhere. That's fine, but this is indefensible. Here's Draymond Green apologizing for punching Nurk after the game. As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir. Um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately I hit him. You guys have known me long enough. If I intended to do something, I'm not apologizing for it. Um, but. I did make contact with him, so I apologize because it wasn't my intention. <laughs> I can't control my arms. I, I was spinning. That's like you, that you couldn't control your uh, your leg that time you kicked Stephen Adams on the groin. I mean, or, you know, when you stomped on somebody. I couldn't control my leg. It was just out of, like, what's going on, dude? You're 33. You're not some geriatric here struggling to control your, your bodily functions or your limbs. Bro, you spun and punched him in the face. And, and I, uh, on like the 17th viewing of this, I just isolated the Warriors bench. And if you look at the guys, like Andrew Wiggins and a couple other dudes are sitting there, and they're just stone-faced. They're like, oh my gosh, he did it again. Nobody really budges. It's almost at this point like embarrassing. Look at them on the bench. They're just like, ooh, I'm, I'm not going to make eye contact with Draymond. I, like, come on! So, I don't know. I'm sure everybody's going to have their opinion on what the suspension is, but when the league looks at this, we're talking about a repeat offender. Okay, this guy, three ejections this season, can't stay out of trouble. What are we looking at? Ten games? Seven games? I don't want to hear this is like, oh, this is just three games. You're not selling a call, Draymond. 
you're punching a dude in the face. And, you know, listen, I, I joked this morning that Draymond Green's career highlights, you know, you go to the Hall of Fame, and Draymond will go to the Hall of Fame because he's a great defender. And they, they string together a highlight reel of your awesome plays. For Draymond, it's setting a bunch of screens for Steph Curry, making some cool passes. But honestly, it's a lot of dirty stuff. Like, this is what he's become. He's become a Bill Lambeer for, for the 2020s. He's become a, a Rick Mahorn, just a borderline goon. And as a guy who plays basketball, I know once you get older, your mind is saying, hey, this guy's going to do this. You've got to get there quick. And your body can't do it. And you just wonder, you start to look at Draymond's numbers across the board. Career lows in rebounds. You know, career low in blocks. The steals starting to head downhill. I know he's, he wasn't first team all defense last year. Still a good defender. I'm not totally hammering the guy. But the reality is he's out of control. He's unhinged. I think the league needs to step in. And if you want to look big picture, Clay Thompson, it's okay to say that ship has sailed. He ain't getting paid from the Warriors. And there was a moment last night, somebody clipped it off and, and sent it to me on Instagram, where Steph Curry goes over to the Suns bench and Kevin Durant kind of whispers something to him and, and Curry looks at him and, and walks away and moves on. And a lot of people are wondering, what, what, what's Steph Curry saying? Hey, come, come get me. <laughs> come get me out of this mess. The Warriors now 10-13 and 13 out of the playoff race. At best, they're a play-in team, okay? Draymond probably going to get 5-10 games here. This, they might not make the playoffs. And now you're looking at, well, Clay's gone. Kevon Looney, who was awesome last year, looking looking very bleak for the Golden State Warriors. And, and where does Curry take this? He's not going to demand a trade in season. But you start to wonder, do you trust the front office? Myers left. Steve Kerr sounds exasperated. The dynasty's end. It, it, they never end pretty. But this crumbling is kind of happening at a rapid pace. And Steph Curry's got to be very ticked off at his buddy, Draymond Green. Alex, I wonder, you see that spinning punch. I mean, you've probably seen that at a couple bars, a couple concerts in your life. It's hard because when you're winning, you get away with everything. And that's what happened with Draymond for years. When they were winning, he was able to get away with yeah. this. But now, it, bottom line, this is just, this is embarrassing. And I was listening to Charles Barkley talk about it this morning on the Dan Patrick Show. And, and as you, you kind of mentioned it too, this is what happens to a player when they can't play to the best of their ability. They start to result to these things. And you can get away with it in the past when you're winning. But the bottom line... You're not winning now. And not only the league needs to do something, but the Golden State Warriors need to do something to Draymond Green. They need to make a statement because you can't fake this anymore. We see what you're doing. Like, it's you're showing us what you do and who you are, and it's not okay. Yeah, definitely not. All right, coming up next, is this the end for Bill Belichick in New England? He was asked about it this morning at a press conference. We'll tell you what went down. That's next here on The Herd. I have a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Here's my parlay picks. People will sell their Packers stock because they lost to an average Giants team, but they're at home. I'll give up the three and a half. I think they beat the Bucks handily. Browns minus three and a half hosting the Bears. Chicago looked great, but Cleveland's defense at home will be a different matter entirely. Browns by a touchdown. And the Bills minus two at home. Yeah, I like all three favorites. I'll take them over the Cowboys coming off a highly emotional thrashing of the Eagles. You want to take the herd parlay? Check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users. Code is herd. H E R D. When you download the app, 
It's easy. It's simple. DraftKings. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. According to FBI data, break-ins and property thefts spike this time of year. That's why Simply Safe Home Security is offering up to 50% on any new system. To save up to 50% on any new system with a fast protect plan, visit simplysafecolin.com. Um, you guys know I'm a Jets fan. Obviously, every time I come on the show, I'm pumping up my Jets. They stink. They're hurtling. Nowhere fast, but you know who's worse than the Jets right now, and I'm taking a lot of glee in that, and that's the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick is on the struggle bus. I mean, folks, this is this is crazy. So we knew Tom Brady and Belichick was probably a 50-50 proposition. They both mattered a lot. Then Brady leaves, wins a Super Bowl in Tampa, and it's like, oh, well, Brady's 60-40. And then Belichick just cannot figure anything out, and now it's like, oh, it's probably 75% Brady, 25% Belichick. Well, it's getting really ugly in New England for Belichick. And there was a report out of Tom by Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston that essentially said the decision's already made. Belichick is done. Here it is. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were going to play out the string and at the end of the year there would be a parting of the ways for a variety of reasons. The main one being you don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. All right, I read this quote somewhere. I'm not sure where it was. I, I should give the guy credit, but it says, regimes that lose control of the narrative lose power soon after. And Bill Belichick is, I mean, he has lost total control of the narrative, um, whether it's the offensive uh, coordinators, they can't figure that out, 
whether it's the quarterback position, whether it's the draft struggles. I mean, hell, two months ago, Bill Belichick, according to Ian Rappaport, signed Malik Cunningham to a three-year deal. He was their, like, backup toolsy quarterback. Um, they had him, like, with the practice squad, a receiver, returner, quarterback. Two months ago, signed him to a three-year deal, according to Rappaport. They released him this week. Like, Belichick, you control the roster, dude. What are you doing? So, Belichick met the media today, okay? You could imagine they asked him about this, and in true Belichick fashion, here's how it went. Do you have an understanding that Robert will not ask you to be back next year? Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Do you want to keep coaching with the guys on the you want to continue? Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. Have you and Robert discussed your future beyond the season? Getting ready for Kansas City. Typical Bill, you know, digging his heels in, trying to, he's lost control of the narrative. He's trying to control it. Remember, he would be like, we're on to Cincinnati. Everybody would kind of laugh. No laughing here. They're just barraging him. He's under fire. Folks, I saw this stat. This is kind of mind-blowing. So he's been without Brady for 11 seasons in his career. In Cleveland, one year early in New England, and then late in New England. Eight of those 11 seasons, he's had losing records. I mean, he's almost got 180 games, 190 games coached without Tom Brady. And he's way under 500. And I know Belichick, Super Bowl rings, and I try to envision what the end is like for him. Because, you know, we're seeing something in the NBA that's kind of sort of similar. Greg Popovich, old school guy. He's 74 years old. I think Belichick's 71 or 72. And Popovich, they've lost 17 games in a row, the Spurs. You don't hear anything about this. 17 games in a row. I mean, the Pistons have lost 20, so maybe he's getting a pass. But it's like, okay, Popovich is kind of old school. Um, he hasn't had a playoff series win since like 2017. Hasn't made the playoffs recently. And Popovich is kind of getting a pass here. And then you look at the, the team and the buildup and what they're doing, and it's like, okay, they're, they're embracing a youth movement. They're trying to try some new things. I guess we get it. Now, the NBA media is a little softer than the NFL media. We know that. And the NFL media smells blood in the water around Belichick. And it definitely feels like it's over for him. Now, I try to envision what the hell the meeting is like with Kraft when Belichick gets a call and he knows it's over. Does Belichick walk in wearing three Super Bowl rings? Does he wear all six? Just as a statement. Hey, how are you? How are you, Bob? Now, him and Kraft have had beef in the past. Belichick drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, thought he had his future guy, his post-Brady guy. Brady didn't like that. Brady demanded, get him out of here. Bob Kraft said, hey, Brady's my guy. We got to get rid of him. Belichick was ticked off. Shipped Garoppolo out for like a second-round pick to the Niners. It was like a sweetheart deal. Hey, listen, Belichick has been salty toward Brady since then. It didn't work out well for Bill. And listen, endings are never pretty. We've seen some of the all-time greats fired. Not many, some. Uh, I believe Ditka got fired in Chicago, Tom Landry in Dallas. Like Some of them are ugly. A lot of them get a pass. I got to plead ignorance. I don't know what to do if I'm Kraft. Do you do what Cowherd had said? Hey, Bill, we're going to build you a uh, statue in front of the stadium. You're fired. We won't call it a firing, but you're out of here. And does Belichick say, okay? Or does he say, bleep you, I'm going to Buffalo or Tampa or where, uh, L.A. Chargers and starting over? It, it's tough for me to envision a 70-plus-year-old guy who, as you guys know now, not married or anything, just picking up his life, uprooting to L.A. and now coaching the Chargers. I personally don't see it. I think it's over. 
for Bill Belichick. Let's get to Alex Curry with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Well, J-Mac, you talked about it a second ago. Dynasties don't end well. They went from a, a dynasty to a disaster in, in three to four years. Yeah. But let's get to our first story here. The Eagles are coming off back-to-back blowout losses to the 49ers and the Cowboys. And the offense hasn't looked like themselves. According to reports, some Eagles players are upset by the team's very predictable offense. But Nick Sirianni is downplaying things. We obviously don't think so. As coaches, we'll, we'll continue to work on, on making sure that we're meshing things together that, you know, hey, this looks like that, so there's not a beat on anything, or, you know, this marries to that, and, and, and the defense can't get a beat on that, because if they do, they're going to get beat on this. Um, so we'll work, we'll work like crazy on that. You can't be predictable on anything you do, um, you know, and so, uh, like I said, we're working like crazy to, to complement our plays, so there is, no, there is nothing, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll look at everything, and um, during our self-scout, of you know, which we get every single week, uh, to make sure we're not predictable. Now, remember, the Eagles lost their offensive coordinator this year, who's yeah. now the head coach of the Colts. And there was a concern if the offense was going to slide. And all of their wins have been ugly, hard-fought wins this year. Jalen Hurts doesn't look 100% healthy. Their defense hasn't looked great right now. And... It might be time to start to hit the panic button, but the positive mm. thing is they still have, they're tied for the best record yeah. in the league. They're 10 and three. So it's like, as, as upset as you want to get by these losses, you're going to lose some. Yeah. Are you starting to worry about the Eagles? Uh, I, I think so, but I, I think you're right. Probably not panic button. If they lose to Seattle, I think it's official because yeah. now home field advantage is in play. I just... You know, we saw in Buffalo when Dable left and Dorsey took over. Yeah. Dorsey, they liked it last year, and then all of a sudden he was a scapegoat. This guy, Brian Johnson, known Jalen Hurts for a long time, apparently. Mm-hmm. They like each other. I, I, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it's the offense as much as the defense, which can't stop anybody right now. No, they've they've given up at least 33 points in their last three games. Oof. The Bills, even though they won it, 37-34. The 49ers losing 42-19. And then the Cowboys, 33-13. to yeah. So the defense is giving up a lot of points. And that Chiefs game, it was a Mahomes turnover in the red yep. zone, and then Kelsey fumbled, or they would have had, you know, probably 30 points. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they got to fix the defense. I'm, I think the Eagles' offense will be okay. I, I think they'll be. If Jalen Hurts, again, they're never going to say at this. Everyone's playing injured at this point of the yeah. season, and you can tell that he doesn't look 100%. If he can, like, stay healthy enough, I think they'll be fine. But let's move to another struggling team. The Dolphins coming off a tough loss to the Titans on Monday night. Tyreek Hill was banged up after tweaking his ankle and is listed as day-to-day. But even worse, starting center Connor Williams is out for the season after tearing his ACL. And, J-Mac, they got a tough remaining schedule. They are 9-4 and four right now. They could make the playoffs, right? But they'll need Tyreek healthy. He is that offense. They have Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That, yeah, like so they I, should be able to beat the Jets, but Cowboys Ravens Bills is going know. to be tough, especially if you don't have Tyree Kill, and now Tua doesn't have his his center in yeah, Williams. I, I want to look up the Jets line real quick, but I'm looking up the backup to Connor Williams, and it's Liam Eichenberg, the guy from Notre Dame. Pro Football Focus grades him out as the Dolphins 30, are favored by eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. Thirty fourth of thirty eight centers, and he's got to go up against Quinn and Williams, who's been dominant. He's been awesome. I, 
I think eight and a half. I might have to go bet that during the commercial break. I, I, I like. <laughs> I think the Jets are going to be competitive in this one. Uh, are you concerned for the Dolphins? Uh, I mean, it's also a bet against. You know, if Tyreek yeah. Hill decides I'm going to sit this out, so I'm ready for the stretch run. Well, you heard him. He he was texting his wife during the game that he was hurt, and she's like, "Get your booty back in there." Yeah. But it's you don't want to. You don't want to re-injure it right now. Yeah. And then if you make it to the postseason, not be available for the postseason. So it, you have to be so careful, obviously, so, ankles. I, I'm curious. I, he, I, I saw that he was texting his wife during yes. the game. I So maybe the when he went to the medical tent, I don't know, when he went to get it checked out. I don't, I don't know maybe where. Maybe time possibly? Or I don't was know he where. just joking? He talked about it after the game in the post-game press conference. He said he messaged his wife and said he was hurt. And she mm. said, you better get out there on the field again. And he was like, <laughs> okay. But... All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But let's get to some positive NFL news. The NFL announced the NFC and AFC Players <laughs> of the Week today. <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it. Come on. Tommy DeVito, Zach Wilson won the award after big wins in Week 14 following the Giants win. A reporter even tried to compare DeVito's emergence to that of Tom Brady. But Brian Dable shot that down quickly. But it's crazy. Both these New York quarterbacks had so much to prove not just this weekend, but since they've had an opportunity to get back in. I mean, last week we heard Zach Wilson wasn't even sure if he was going to start when he was asked to come back in. And then you have Tommy DeVito, who is an undrafted quarterback living on his mom's couch, who has just been... It's a good story. He has been the perfect vibe for that team. His family, the Italian hand. Oh, like It has just been beautiful. It's I can't get enough of the DeVito family. It's the content that we all need. Yeah. It's fun. I guess it's your other New York team, yeah, so you probably I, I like don't like it. But I'm happy they're playing their way out of a high draft pick. Um, by the way, this DeVito thing, yeah. um, he's like a Jersey kid. And yeah. I think he went to Don Bosco up in North Jersey. So he everybody's known about him for a while. Oh, he grew up right by the stadium. And like, it's he's like, a hometown kid. It's a pretty cool story. It's insane. Um, but at the same time, like if Giants fans, if you step away and use you know your brain and think long term, this ain't good for the team. You want to be losing games. I know you don't have to say that. But there's no win in these wins. Uh, well, you're not going to go out and try to lose. He's no. bringing joy to a fan yeah. base that lost the quarterback that you just paid a bunch of money to. And now you get this undrafted hometown kid who's still living at his mom and dad's house. They're at every single game. They're raging at the tailgates. They're the center of attention in the stands with every play and every touchdown that he makes. Right. It's bringing joy to the team. Let me ask you. Um, so next year is 2024. Week one, 2025, is DeVito on an NFL roster? It depends how he finishes out this season. So 25, not next year. I, I'm, I'm looking way ahead. Oh, okay, like, okay. Again, depends how he finishes the season. I, I just, I don't see it. I mean, they got a little lucky. It's been very lucky. I mean, people also said that about Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Look what he did. You just when someone like gets Alex's an opportunity, I'm, I'm, when I'm someone gets an opportunity, especially a hometown kid, a team you grew up loving and watching, and this is like everything you've ever dreamed of having, you're gonna give it everything you have. Yeah, and no. if it happens, great for you. If it doesn't, it's like okay, well, as expected. Yeah. But like if it does, how rad? Yeah. All right, Alex, with the news. <laughs> Well, that's the news. Mad at my positivity. Yeah, well, he's a Jets guy. I'm not a huge, uh, not a huge fan of the Giants. The Mercedes-Benz Holiday Love Collection, Love Celebration, sorry, is here with incredible offers on exceptional vehicles you're bound to love, like the EQB C-Class or EQE SUV. Find an exclusive offer on a vehicle you'll adore now through January 2nd. Learn more at mbusa.com/specialoffers.
Mark Schlereth is next on the show. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash vball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Super Bowl champion 1-1 in Washington, 2 in Denver. Mark, glad you could join the show today. I got some fun uh, fun content for you. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. Always good to talk to you, Jason. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, I, I don't like to open with negativity, but Cam Newton went on his own podcast today. And you know something about quarterbacks having played with the likes of John Elway. You know something about quarterbacks. I, I got to have you take a listen here to Cam Newton calling okay. Brock Purdy and Dak game managers. As game managers, Brock, Purdy, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really 
Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, <laughs> I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. Mm, interesting. So, uh, Mark, a lot of time in the NFL. I, I don't know. Game managers almost seems derogatory. Do we even know what one is? Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of people use it as a derogatory term, and I think that's the way it was being used in that particular soundbite. But bottom line to me is a game manager, that's what you're supposed to do as a quarterback. You're supposed to manage the game and put your offense in the best situation to win football games. That's what managing a game is all about. So your ability to read a defense correctly and then basically attack the weakness of the defense and put the ball in a position on time with accuracy where it's supposed to go. That, to me, is not game managing. That, to me, is playing quarterback at an efficient level. And that really is truly what it's supposed to be, not to change the game by taking a chance with the football on a 50-50 ball that you shouldn't throw. That's that's not quarterbacking. That is schoolyard quarterbacking. And I want a guy that manages the game well. Brock Purdy, where are they? Oh, they're atop the <laughs> NFC along with Dallas and Dak Prescott. And, I mean, you know, for Cam Newton, how many times did you do that? Yeah. And, and listen, man, that guy is as dynamic an athlete as there is in this league. But the problem with athletes that play quarterback is oftentimes their default mechanism is from the neck down. I'm going to take off and I'm going to make something happen with my legs, right? I want your default mechanism at the quarterback position to be from the neck up. I'm going to make the best play for my football team that doesn't put them in harm's way and gives us the best opportunity to win a football game. So, like, you can sit there and, and point to game managing as being, um, you know, a backhanded compliment or an insult, but I think it's what the best quarterbacks in the league do on a consistent basis. And I will tell you this, you know, when you talk Jared Goff in that, like, shame on you, because Jared Goff puts the ball in tighter windows than you've even ever thought about playing. What was completely covered to you is wide open to Jared Goff, and there's nobody that's any more accurate or any better at fitting it into tight windows than Jared Goff. So um, I would suggest you go back and look at the way these guys play the game, and if you played the game that way, you'd still be playing it. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you said athletic. It's funny when you start thinking about the quarterbacks that he named. You know, Brock Purdy doesn't wow you with athleticism. Dak used to run since that leg injury, that gruesome one. He hasn't run as much. Tua, he's not going anywhere. And Jared Goff can't run. But they all have winning records. You know, I think all of them are leading their right. divisions right now, if I'm correct. Yeah, I, I don't even care about the running aspect of the quarterback. I care about your ability to manipulate a pocket. Like, I say this all the time, and I say it um, not in jest. I, I believe this. Tom Brady was the best scrambler I've ever watched play the game. He just never left the pocket when he scrambled. Mm. He just moved and manipulated the pocket. 
I would much rather have a quarterback that has great awareness inside the pocket that moves and slides and, and keeps the ball alive and keeps the passing game alive within the pocket. Those are the guys, to me, have great movement skills. Brock Purdy has unbelievable movement skills in the pocket, understands the pocket, and that's where this game, rightfully so, should be played um, at the quarterback position more often than not. There's a reason. Like, there's a reason we've had, we've got an epidemic of quarterback injuries in this league right now, we've got so many backup quarterbacks. I mean, if the NFC, AFC playoffs were to start today, like there'd be four teams, I believe, with backup mm-hmm. quarterbacks playing. So, you know, I, I look at all that stuff. Um, and it's, it, I, I think it's just the way you kind of look at things, the way you look at the game and the way you think the game should be played. Um, and, and I believe it should be at the quarterback position played from the neck up and played. Uh, from the pocket as much as possible. I, I love the guys that can move around. I love Lamar. I love what he's able to do. And he has improved in the, his ability to operate the game from the pocket. And he's done that this year as well. So kudos to him. But, um, I think from a health standpoint and a, you know, just a, a efficiency standpoint, especially come playoff time, that's where the game needs to be played. One more on the Cowboys and Bills. If I told you, Mark, I think the Buffalo Bills are the most dangerous team in the AFC right now, even though they're not in the playoffs right now. Your thoughts would be? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that with you. I mean, obviously, they have the quarterback. They have the weapons to be that. I think defensively, they have the weapons on the defensive side of the ball to be that as well. Um, you know, for them, though, unfortunately, they're going to have to probably win out or at least win three of the next four and even if they win three of the next four, depending on what other teams do, they could still be on the outside, you know, on the outside looking in because um, of their conference record and the tiebreakers in the conference record and all those things. So the Bills, I think the Bills need to win out to make to the playoffs. If they go, if they go three and one and end up what ten and uh, ten and seven, I think there's going to be two or three other teams that will have the tiebreaker on the Bills, and they'll be on the outside looking in. Yeah, big one this weekend. Uh, let's stay in the AFC real quick. Uh, obviously, your tenure with the Broncos, you know, your radio history there. Uh, you know, I got to say, there's a lot of gamblers out there who still think Denver's kind of fugazi, uh, winning with the turnovers, uh, not winning pretty. They beat a backup quarterback last week in Easton Stick. Um, I don't, you know, that loss to Houston still kind of a bad loss. I don't know, Mark, where are you on Denver as they are uh, firmly in the playoff hunt? But some of the underlying num- metrics do not speak well of them. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't put a whole lot of weight into metrics. I play, I put the weight into what I see on film. And the Houston thing, like, even if you had average quarterback play in the Houston game, and I thought Russell Wilson was horrible in that game, mm-hmm. um, an average quarterback would have hung 35 on Houston. And I think you saw what had happened to Houston when they went to play the Jets, mm-hmm. right? That, like, they got exposed. And I think Broncos did a good job of exposing some of the weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, they were 0 for 11 on third down. And, and frankly, Russell missed three wide-open touchdown passes that would have been big plays over the top. So it just wasn't – it wasn't a great – it wasn't a great performance. But I will tell you this, uh, and I'll give a lot of credit to Sean uh, Payton. They, they know exactly what they are. Um, they're going to mitigate weakness. They're going to play to their strengths. They're going to run the ball and they're going to set up their plat passing game. The underneath stuff, the dump off to the backs, the screens to the backs, the screens to the wide receiver. And then they're going to run their play pass stuff, which is, you know, the seven step, deep seven step drops with seven, eight man protections and two man routes. And they're going to take a shot to Cortland Sutton. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. 
And when you play that way, you know, you talk about the turnovers not being something that's sustainable. When you play that way, what ends up happening to the opponent is their offense starts counting possessions. You're going to dominate time of possession. You're going to have a, you know, at the end of the game, you're going to have a 10-plus minute time of possession advantage. So you start, and I've been on this side as an offense going, man, we only had the ball one time in the first quarter. We've only had it three times in the first half. And you start saying, man, we may only get four more possessions. Mm. So now instead of adhering to our game plan, even if you're only down by seven, you feel like you're down by 14 or 17. So you start throwing it on every down, making yourself one-dimensional. The receiver catches it. He struggles for an extra two yards. That means four more hands or five more hands, six more hands are in there punching the ball. You're creating those turnovers. So the way they're playing on the offensive side of the ball lends itself to the defense continuing to create turnovers. And I think that's the I think that's the big thing or the big misnomer that the numbers would tell you and people would tell you, oh, they can't sustain that. Well, yeah, you can. Hmm. If you can sustain, sustain the way you're playing football, that lends itself to you becoming a great takeaway team. Do you think this will work against Detroit? They're, you know, significant underdogs on the road, Detroit in the dome. Yeah. Um, if, they, if Detroit grabs a lead, I, does Denver have the comeback capabilities? Well, I think Detroit, I mean, honestly, when you look at them defensively, they've had their struggles. Yeah. And I think Detroit, if you're really, if you're really on point with Detroit, I think they have one, one guy who's a huge big time difference maker. Um, and, and that's Aiden Hutchinson. I think as Alex Anzalone, the linebacker position is a great player. I think Brian Branch, the nickel cornerback, who's a rookie, really good football player, but they have had their issues on the defensive side of the ball. I think the one thing that really lends itself to Detroit this weekend is they played poorly last weekend. Some of their best players, Jared Goff, turned the ball over. He didn't have a great game. They've had some injuries on the offensive line. They had to shuffle some some folks around. Frank Ragnow, their center, has been out. Um, and then I think uh, you look at a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown who dropped a couple of balls that, you know, like, that's not – that's not who he is. So they had some guys that were their best players that did not play their most efficient or best football. So that lends itself to Detroit having a bounce back. But if the Broncos can maintain their philosophy, can maintain their identity in who they are and the way they win football games, they're going to be a tough out for Detroit. They're a tough team. They're a hard-nosed team. And defensively, man, they are putting a ton of pressure. They are a blitz first, blitz any down, put you in harm's way, put your quarterback in uh, in decision-making mode. They're, they're actually playing really good football right now. All right, I'll wrap up with a question about uh, Shanahan. Kyle, that is. You uh, played for his dad in Denver, Mike. Um you know, Shanahan's not getting a lot of love for Coach of the Year, which is weird. Um, but it's a it's a tough market. I'm just curious, where are you on these Niners, the way they're built? I, I really do believe that we're going to start to see some teams try the Niners model of let's not pay our quarterback $50 million and let's have stacked skill position players, awesome defensive front seven. I just wonder, have you seen enough from the Niners that you think this could be a sea change for the, you know, 25 teams that don't have a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes type player? Well, I think it's, I mean, I think it's the way that, that football should be played, frankly. Um, you know, we put so much on the quarterback and, you know, we have, we have morphed into this spread offense, get everybody outside the box. And when you start to, to run the plays, and I think one of the things that Shanahan probably does better than any other coach in football is you're not calling plays, you're calling an offense. And so you're telling your players what we're going to do, how we're going to do it why we're going to do it, and why and how it will benefit them in the long run. 
So Kyle will run a play that he knows not that Kyle will run a, a run play, for instance, that that he knows going to net two yards per carry. That's not worth a crap. But he's running that play to get those two yards to set up some play action he has after that. So he tells his players, man, I need you to sell out this tight ends. I need you to sell out fullback, wide receiver. I need you to sell out. I need you to, you know, I need you to uh, push crack on this uh, wide receiver. And, and if you do this for me and we, we run this play four times, I'm going to get you a 20 yard explosive and it could be a touchdown. I'm going to get you a 20 yard explosive and it, it's going to probably be a touchdown. I'm going to get these things for you, but you've got to sell out on this particular play because I'm setting up three or four other plays down the road. Mm. He doesn't call plays. He calls an offense and his players understand exactly why they're calling a play. Even when they're, they're running it into numbers that don't really match up and, and success is going to be very limited. They're doing it for another purpose. And I think that's, I think that's the, 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 you know, what sets him apart as a play caller. Mm. And that's why he's so exceptional, but that's why these, um, these 49ers are, in my mind, the best team in football right now. I'm with you. All right, Mark Schlereth, Fox Sports. Good stuff, Mark, as always. Enjoy the games this weekend, buddy. You got it, buddy. Take care. All right, Mark. I like what he said there about Kyle Shanahan, Alex. Like, we're seeing uh, some historically great stuff. I saw some numbers that said in the last, I think, this century yeah. that this this 49ers team is like one of the best teams DVOA numbers wise that the league has seen. I mean, like, even just looking at them, they are the most complete team. Yeah. They have all the weapons. They have a great defense. They have Brock Purdy, who, whatever you want to call him, he mm. is doing an incredible job at what he is supposed to do, and yeah. they're winning. They are the most right now Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, uh, just dominating everybody in the NFC. You know, we're gonna come back here to start hour number two. And mm -hmm. I, I have this take that there is an MVP in the league. You may have heard of him. Uh, his name's Brock Purdy. He wears his hat backwards, Alex. Mm -hmm. Now, does that bother you as much as no, it bothers and Colin? and I love how much it bothers Colin. He's, and he got asked about it during his press conference, which was hilarious. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Brock Purdy, definite MVP. So second hour, we'll be popping. Uh, we'll bring in Chris the Bear Felica. I have a spicy college football Ooh. take. We'll do some bowl games. And then final hour, we'll bring in a Buffalo Bills offensive lineman. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.